Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, 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 I've fucking been there. Maze, you better fire it up, dude. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boy. Drive your fucking Wally Bird. They laugh in New York and they laugh in San Francisco, but they will not be laughing when the mouth of hell opens up and sucks. The whole world is in the power of the evil one. The devil. And the media that he uses to control the world is television. about television that captures our imaginations. I'm your host, Anthony Mays, and I'm joined by Jake Hoy and Anthony Canton III. This week, our podcast must be unimpeachable. Better Call Saul finale, episode 10, Something Unforgivable. Turned out to be a quote, Jake. (laughs) Our cold open, Kim looks through the peephole, locks the door. They wait with bated breath as Nacho drives Lalo away into the night. Then Jimmy picks up the phone. I heard enough to know she saved your ass, Mike says. Jimmy explains the man on the phone is the one who saved his life and tells Kim the real bagman story. They check into a nice hotel, not a Motel 6, and Jimmy wonders if he is bad for Kim. You crossed a line. You're not going to do it again. Kim gets settled in bed, but Jimmy got some more thinking to do. Picks up right where we left off last episode. Not their best cold open, not their most artistic, but there's a lot of heaviness here. Yeah, this was a surprise, right? I mean, I I don't think they've done this. I, I don't even recall them doing this. This felt like a besides the the end scene, obviously the the climactic scene with uh, Lalo being uh, the the assassination attempt. Um, I thought this was a come down in terms of um, tone from the last couple of episodes. We got real high intense. Actually, you can even make the argument from uh, Wexler versus Goodman on um, just intensity and how everything was going and things moved really fast. I felt like this episode not necessarily moved slow, 
but I felt like they definitely toned it down a little bit. Two bottle episodes combined with a massive set piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I was expecting like, oh my God, it's like must be action packed. And it really wasn't an action packed episode. Yeah, it was almost like a slowdown, right? They backed yeah. off the pedal for a while until the last 15 minutes. There was character development and significant stuff, which obviously we'll get to with Kim which I think was the most interesting thing that came out of this episode, for sure. Mike meets Gus outside the burned Poyos Hermanos. Lalo is headed to his place in Chihuahua. Mike believes Nacho is up for a promotion and says Lalo's compound is landlines and sat phones only. A technical issue. (laughs) This is important. This will come back. Yeah. Mike is trying to save Nacho yet again, believes he's earned consideration. Instead, Gus plans to have him assist the assassination squad from the inside. Two separate bottle episodes. We've got Jimmy and Kim at the hotel. Kim is getting ready for court when Jimmy wakes up. Jimmy wants to check out all the amenities. Let's John and Yoko this sucker. (laughs) Really, he's just worried Kim won't be safe. But Kim wants to get on with their lives and makes a great point that the courthouse is an extremely secure location. Once she leaves, Jimmy angrily calls Mike and demands an update, but gets hung up on. Kim is celebrating a dropped case when she sees Grant, a new character played by Roy Wood Jr. from The Daily Show. Grant works in the public defender's office and is stupefied when Kim is looking to take on 20 felony cases. He takes her down to the file room, which is backed up like an outhouse at Woodstock, and walks her through shelf after shelf of pending cases. Kim is looking at a mammoth challenge here, and I wonder how far she will go down this path. (laughs) Yeah, very interesting stuff. It felt like a misdirect because you didn't realize what she was really thinking about until we got to the a very important scene uh, later in the show. But at the time, I was thinking like, okay, she's burying herself in all this uh, pro bono stuff. Was it more of a distraction from what's actually going on? But well, in fact, she's she's got a more progressive, explosive way of dealing with things uh, further. Kim runs into Howard with two of his associates in the elevator and awkwardly explains she's not at Schweikert anymore. Howard chases after her for more deets and spills the beans about Jimmy's chicanery. Kim laughs in his face. (laughs) This is so, (laughs) this is perfect. Kim had the same reaction to the Howard shenanigans that I did. Yeah. Howard says someone could have been really hurt by the bowling balls and that after some hemming and hawing, Jimmy all but confessed. (laughs) Kim is insulted that Howard thinks Jimmy influenced her decisions and Howard mentions Chuck before storming out. Great resolution to this arc this season. Another Howard appearance. Always the the catalyst (laughs) for Kim and Jimmy to cook up some schemes. Jimmy is banging on Mike's door. You didn't think I'd find your ultra-secret bat cave? Great panning shot as Mike is revealed getting out of his car over Jimmy's shoulder. Jimmy thanks Mike for saving his life and then starts asking way too many questions. If anything happens to her, I can't do this. I can't. AC, but he does. Yep. (laughs) Of course he does. (laughs) Mike takes pity and says that Lalo is going to die tonight, but he has to boot Jimmy because family is coming over. Kim returns to the hotel room, questioning that they are really secure. So, we're safe? Yeah. (sighs) My God. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That's great. 
great, right? <laughs> so what's wrong? It's, it's over. This time. There's not gonna be a next time. Long pause as Jimmy sits there with their bags packed, metaphorically loaded. Mm -hmm. Jimmy wants to go home, but now Kim wants to stay and reads an elaborate burger description from the menu. Their dinner is silent until Kim mentions running into Howard and scoffs at his pompous chivalry. It's always all about him. That guy's in love with himself. He needed to be taken down a peg. They plot a scheme to take away Howard's hair. Kim wants to slip him a Mickey. Jimmy counters with Nair in his country club shampoo. There's a seamless transition to the two of them under the covers in bed. Kim wants to frame Howard for misconduct in order to close the Sandpiper case and net Jimmy his 20%. Kim says Jimmy did it wrong. This is how you do it. Jake, what did you think of this return to the Sandpiper case after so much time? Well, I thought this was a nice touch, you know, because it, it provides a motivation beyond mm -hmm. just playful revenge. There's a positive outcome, which in Kim's mind can justify the deceit. It benefits more people than it, and it hurts only one lawyer. You know, she had all of the explanations for why it worked. And I'd forgotten all about it, frankly. I'd forgotten that Jimmy stood to gain if that was ever resolved. Man, you know, for a few episodes, we had gotten away from what the earlier portion of the season was with, yeah. with Kim kind of saying, I don't want to be a part of this scheming stuff. And then doing the same move that Jimmy advised her uh, right. to do with the client. And it's kind of been building that way. And in a way the show has kind of built that over the entire span of its history. She's gets involved with Jimmy dips her toe into the con game, but doesn't want to go in all the way. Now she really wants to go in all the way. So in retrospect, it's not something that felt forced. It's something that she's almost kind of gradually been building towards this entire time. So I just found the way that they kind of played that scene really, really cool. And obviously the the mirror images of Jimmy at the end of season four doing the finger guns in the It's All Good Men line and her doing the finger guns in this scene, right. leaving him surprised, I thought was just, that is just tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost the same way they did the turn to Saul Goodman at the end of last season. It's such a gradual thing that can be done. But of course, like since the beginning of the show, we're waiting for the moment he becomes Saul Goodman. And you're tempted to think it's going to be all at once. Right. And so this season for Kim is almost like a mirror of the season last season for Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Build, 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 build. And now. Here's the impetus. It's almost more understandable for Jimmy because of the way everything collapsed on him as a result of his relationship to his brother, right? Right. And, and getting suspended for a year and the way they treated him. And with Kim, it's interesting the way they did it. I like the line... So what's next? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So they're sitting there at the table. And then, cause you know, Jimmy, he's like, 
feeling bad the whole time, right? He's questioning everything. And they do a good job of demonstrating his sort of conscience about the whole thing. But she's now leaned into the relationship in a way, I guess, where the bond is so strong for her, right? That she's seeing past her own restrictions Mm -hmm. on how the relationship needs to operate. Now, he did come clean, which was good. But he's immediately lying again. Yes. He's lying about Mike, and he's he's lying about yes not going for another round. Right. Yeah, just and, like, well, but we don't know if he's lying because it's unclear if Lalo's dead. He's no longer a friend of the cartel. But he's always still – he's still involved with Mike, and by proxy, he's involved with Gus. Right, but technically – doesn't work with Mike yet. Sure. So the way things are going in this episode, he could be thinking, I've gone too far. I don't want this world. You know, not that he doesn't want to be Saul Goodman, yeah. but he doesn't want to be as extreme as like working with the cartel because shit, look what just happened. I think that's what makes the Kim turn that much more fascinating. It's better than any death storyline with her because her going down a dark path and yeah, Jimmy probably feeling guilty for that in some type of way is right. actually more interesting um, right. if that was the way it was going to play out next season. Because yeah, I'm with you, Maze. When he first failed to respond, I was thinking, oh, well, he's going to take the next job. But then he's looking for reassurances that Mike's going to take Lalo out and end that connection and end that threat. So it's complicated. I was surprised because when she also, when she says you won't be doing that again, it suggests that she wants him to commit to a straighter line. We do have the thematic recurrence of chicanery bringing the two together romantically. That was nice. That the or scene. Or, or. Or. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And that's always been really the spark of their relationship is theorizing these plots and coming up with these schemes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's what brings him back out of his stupor. Kim is making Jimmy an ice cream Sunday in a Kansas city Royals t-shirt. Kim last wore this shirt in season two and Gene has a Royals lunchbox in season three. Mm. Oh, more crumbs. For the Kim is in Nebraska somewhere theory. Mm-hmm. Kim lays out her dream scenario of assembling a dream team of Steph from S&C, Bruce from HHM, and Viola to open a pro bono practice. <laughs> Jimmy wants to buy a house and they get lost in the sauce daydreaming about $2 million. Jimmy doesn't believe Kim is serious about her scorched earth plan. Howard would have to have done something unforgivable. Dun, dun, dun. They said it. How much, <laughs> how much pro bono work can you do with a million dollars, though? Oh, man. How long is that going to float the company that's taking in no client fees? Just the seed money. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. I'm going to get three of the best lawyers in town and rent the shittiest space. And we're going to go hard for about two months. <laughs> Until the file room is empty. <laughs> I thought she was looking for a certain case in the files, didn't you? 
when all that started? Oh, maybe. There's lots of potential there if that's where we decide to go. The introduction of Roy Wood's character, because we so rarely get new characters, Mm -hmm. was significant, I think. And that was an interesting tease for what Kim's arc is next year. Kim gives Jimmy a look when he says they couldn't pull it off. (laughs) Okay, maybe we could pull it off. Yeah, but we won't. We're talking about a career setback. A career setback for one lawyer. Yeah, I know you can help a lot of people. I I get it, but... (laughs) Kim, doing this, it's not you. Okay, you would not be okay with it. Not in the cold light of day. Wouldn't I? I'm gonna go take a shower so I don't have to in the morning. Kim, you're shitting me, right? AC seems like Kim is breaking bad. Now, so she can do good. <laughs> oh, isn't, isn't this kind of a happy ending? Oh, it would be, but I don't know if that's a happy ending for Jimmy, though. I know Mays mentioned the whole uh, Royals jersey and maybe she's a Nebraska thing, but what if it's not that and their relationship breaks apart because he wants to protect her at the end of the day and realizes that this is just not cool? But then thinking about that, what if and how Jimmy turns into this really sleazy, super, super sleazy lawyer that we see in Breaking Bad and we only got one season left. So very like a lot of questions to answer about how these transformations and how this relationship ultimately plays out, which still kind of puts the Kim death on the table for next season it's possible but i find it less possible now with this storyline introduced kim is willing to do anything that she needs to in order to justify causing good out of it so last week she lied to lalo and served him his nuts on a platter (laughs) to save jimmy's life right and this week she goes down to the public defender's files And she sees all this good she could do. She's daydreaming about assembling a team to attack it. And she decides that in order to be able to do that, she needs the $2 million and she can just sacrifice Howard to accomplish that. Right. So she's really, really into karmically balancing all of her actions. Right. (laughs) She believes that she can justify it as long as she assumes the responsibility (laughs) Of fixing all this stuff. It's wild. She's her own judge. So as a sidebar, I'll ask both of you this question since we asked it before during the season, as far as Howard is concerned. Do we feel sorry for Howard now? <laughs> I think I'm finally there. I think they've finally taken it too far. If they're really going to go through with this and burn his life to the ground, yeah, maybe he doesn't deserve it. Oh, oh, oh wow. So the fact that Baze was there... 
Oh, Maze got there. It's really interesting. How about you, Jake? You feel you feeling bad for Howard right now? I already did. Yeah, <laughs> I already I did, man. We'll see if that's what it becomes. But I mean, it was interesting because you're like, is she implying that she's aware of something, or are they talking solely about manufacturing something? Manufacturing. Yeah, definitely manufacturing. They're just trying to decide how bad it has to be. To just completely ruin it. That was a scintillating scene. It was a great conclusion to this Kim and Jimmy plotline to flip it on us there at the end and have Jimmy trying to tell Kim to slow down, Mm -hmm. (laughs) pump the brakes a little bit. It's not what you expect. He had every reason to think after the last go round, right? Because remember, she flipped out about his carrying through the original plan with Mesa Verde. That's what started it all. She lost her shit on that one. Of course, it, it turned out well. They got married. <laughs> they got married. She quit. He who works with the cartel nearly died. She lied to a cartel boss. So she's gone rogue since mm-hmm. that moment. And so maybe you're right, AC. Maybe it turns into a case of her going even farther than he does. Which is amazing when you think about it. Because this is the ultimate wolf in sheep's clothing scenario that we thought about with Walt all the way back in the beginning of Breaking Bad. How how does this school teacher who just seems like a punk turns into some uh, major, major drug kingpin? And Kim, if you think about going back to season one, would you ever think Kim would be thinking of a scenario like this? No, not at all. She's always been a straight shooter. And just to see her dip her toe, like, gradually. And again, like I said, this is something the show has done really well. It's something that you don't even think about. But they've planted the seeds for this the entire time. Slipping Kimmy. She's just such a killer, man. Yeah. She's unstoppable. That's really the thing. She's undefeated in arguments. It's going to her head. (laughs) That was quite a line Howard delivered, though, right? I mean, you know who knew Jimmy well? Chuck. Whoa. I like that, but I don't like Chuck, so. (laughs) <laughs> no, but it cut yeah. to the core of like yeah. of what the issue is. It's saying Howard's saying that he agrees that Jimmy's a piece of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got every reason to feel that way, though. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> he could have seriously injured someone with a bowling ball. That's a funny line. <laughs> Friggin' RA, dude. In the middle of the night. <laughs> episode is a journey down to chihuahua we've got a guard whittling in front of a large compound he gets an alert an unknown suv is coming and picks up his gun the window rolls down to reveal a smiling lalo in the best gif ever this dude is a gif machine amazing everyone is thrilled the boss is home and he hugs and kisses everyone except for chiro who is clearly training for something and treats like trash (laughs) which i just loved that he had a whipping boy (laughs) Nacho checks his phone, sees he has no service. Later, Lalo's working on a car again. Nacho's handing him tools. Lalo gives Nacho advice on dealing with Don Eladio. Nacho timidly asks, what if he doesn't like me? Macy, this was such a delicate performance from Michael Mando in this episode. Mm, He was great, man. It's so funny. Like You think of Tony Dalton's performance, Ray Seahorn, everybody on this show is like doing all this great stuff and Michael Mando, like, just being the fear, like, throughout, 
he's always having to watch his back. I thought the line that he said to Don Eladio about not wanting to look over his shoulder all the time. And then I thought Don Eladio with the perfect response of, right. then you're in the wrong business. Like it, it, it just is what it is. So it's always going to be like that for him. And I think, you know, not only the performance, but just seeing where he is at the end of the season to think that it could get worse for him without him dying. I thought would be kind of hard, but they accomplished that. It's much worse for him now, now that Lalo knows that he was uh, he was in on the whole assassination attempt. Oh my God, it's so bad. <laughs> so bad for so bad for Nacho. I feel so horrible for him. <laughs> Nacho's phone vibrates and he goes to check it in the bathroom. An unknown number tells him to open the back gate at three a.m. and then his phone service immediately drops. So the tech issue that Gus was referencing, they must have used a hotspot, which is pretty advanced for 2004. <laughs> I think Gus drove somebody out there and they spoofed a signal for five minutes. Gotcha. Right. Juan Bolsa presents a slightly smaller pile of cash to Don Eladio, blames Gustavo and bad luck. Lalo, the life of the fucking party, enters, once again greeting everyone. He calls one guy, Charlie Manson. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Mira quien es! Mira quien es! Don Eladio is thrilled to see Lalo. Don Eladio is surprised Lalo paid the gringos and mimes a machine gun action. This is amazing because, of course, Don Eladio is played by Stephen Bauer, most famous for playing Manny in Scarface. A little Scarface reference for y'all. God, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I was trying to remember again what he was famous for. <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking the same thing watching Breaking Bad. Like, who is this guy? Except they tried to Irishman him a little bit. Is that what that was? Or was it plastic surgery? It wasn't good, whatever it was. No, he looked way older in this than he did in Breaking Bad, which was kind of like weird because you could see the wrinkles. He was still bringing it, though. I loved it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. no. He, oh, he was, was phenomenal. But I just looked like... Stuff. He had that kind of Angela Lansbury facial reconstruction, you know, yeah. where it's really obvious that the, what, what work has been done. Malo mm -hmm. gives Don Eladio the key to a red Ferrari GTS Quattro Valvole, to which the elated Don Eladio purrs, Magnum P.I. Magnum <laughs> P.I. <laughs> the Ferrari's frunk. That was funny. The front trunk for you guys. <laughs> Is also full of cash. Este es el hombre. Si, bolsa? Esto es showmanship. <laughs> Lalo introduces Nacho as Amigo de Tuco, which draws a hilarious reaction. Then they sit down to discuss tactics over tequila. Nacho proposes taking territory from biker gangs. Bandias de motos? Bikers? Don Eladio says mockingly. Nacho explains he would turn the gangs against each other. Eladio calls Nacho an empresario and asks what he wants. Nacho says he doesn't want to be looking over his shoulder. Eladio tells him he's in the wrong business. Nacho is fashioning a device out of aluminum cans as it approaches 3 a.m. Lalo is sitting by the fire right in front of the gate and offers him a beer. Says he's halfway to being a Salamanca. Yeah, I never sleep much. An hour, maybe two. It's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd love that energy. Nacho chugs the beer and requests hard alcohol. 
Lalo gives him directions and this shot of him with the fire in the foreground and the hand signs that he keeps throwing up with each sentence. It's just so amazing. He does the point and then he does the okay and then he does the two glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Nacho frantically starts an oil fire in the kitchen and returns with the booze. Lalo notices the smoke and blames his whipping boy, Chiro. These morons have no respect. (laughs) Nacho opens the lock gate with his aluminum tool and lets in a team of masked gunmen before running off into the night. Lalo is bitching out Chiro, the Mexican Lyle, who gets shot. Lalo hits one guy with a pan full of oil, crawls out of the kitchen, grabs a pistol, limps into the bathroom, activating his bathtub tunnel, and there's that great hesitation where he considers closing it but then changes his mind. (laughs) Jake, the scurrying through the tunnel took me back to escape at Dan Mora. (laughs) But he was doing it in hyperspeed. He makes it outside the compound and heads right back in. The expertos enter the tunnel and split up. Lalo kills the one watching the tub, then lowers a machine gun into the tunnel and fires blindly, killing the fuck out of two more. Everyone is dead. Lalo is torturing the experto he burned with oil. The experto says he doesn't know who hired him, but Lalo says it's okay. He does. Lalo (laughs) has the experto say the hit was a success so that everyone thinks he's dead. And while that's happening, Lalo notices the liquor and realizes Nacho is gone. He looks at his dead cook and limps out the front gate. Credits. Oh, that was great. What a badass. MacGyver. <laughs> he got the he got the whole tub thing. He got oh my god. Jake, did you think he was gonna go? No. Never, right? I told you can't let these characters go, dude. Producer Jake, put his foot down. Renew the contracts. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we talked about this last week. I'm like, how do you let this guy go? It's hard to. Why so would good. you let that guy go? He's and so good. Yeah. Same thing with Kim. It's like, how, then who's your show? It's It can't just be Saul, Mike, and Gus. That would be funny if they just all survive. <laughs> and we just never seen them. Listen, there's no reason to assume that they're not alive. They could just be out of the picture. I mean, it was just a question of how's Lalo going to get out of this, right? But they, it was like, and you immediately saw how incompetent this team was. Oh, these, yeah. were, these were not SEALs. The expertos. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're just firing into... Just says they're the best at what they do. Another L for Gus. I know. Dude stays taking L's in this season, man. Oh, he's taking them left and right. It's the battle, I guess, for them because he's got to be so good on the one hand, but he can't win all the time. At least not yet. And Lalo's a smooth operator who's super skilled, but he can't win all the time either. And we know Gus is going to emerge victorious in the whole thing in the end. So where Lalo ends up is hard to say. But given what he's did this season, I think, you know, maybe they thought they'd be killing him when they first hired him. Yeah. (laughs) And then it's like, nah, maybe now we could stretch this out. And that's the thing about these finales. They don't have to resolve anything yet. It can just build to the next dramatic turn. You said, I think last week, does anybody die? And it turned out, yeah, a few people did who we never met before. Yeah. You know, cartel red shirts. And the woman. Oh, poor cook. 
in the driveway. Nobody we were invested in whatsoever, but they knocked off like six or seven people in that one scene. Yeah. And it happened nowhere near Jimmy and Kim. With Lalo still around, he's just a threat to everybody. Jimmy and Kim included. It makes me wonder if on the way back to going after Gus, will there be any conflict with Jimmy Kim along the way as well? He's now after everybody. This is the first time we see desperate, emotional, angry Lalo as um, right. he's going after everybody uh, next season. That should be really fun. He was pissed. Yep. right? And we've not seen him ever lose his calm demeanor no matter the circumstances but he was furious and it was more than nacho's betrayal when he says i know who he's saying i know it's gus right yeah face absolutely i wonder if he knew that gus put him in jail i think he's probably gonna unpack that now yeah he would have to think that now all of the stuff with gus is definitely in play I feel like that's the, definitely the first person that he's thinking about. Or maybe Nacho is because of the direct betrayal. Those two feel like they're at the top of the list. All right, boys, it's time to rate it. Oh, that's interesting. Like this season, this season, dude, would you guys consider this a flawless season? It's a 10 to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd give it a 10, no question. Yeah, it's not, it was too much fun. It's the funny thing is, I would say this episode wasn't necessarily as good as the previous three it was a six seven eight nine run of terror yeah they just yes and so maybe it's kind of like the anticlimactic nature of just it ending and not continuing to build but it was still a tremendous season now it's all paying off in a a substantial way especially against the the other things we've been seeing i mean it's, it's operating at a very high level across the board the only other things that are as good as Saul was this season are one season shows. Yes, that's yeah. right. This is the best ongoing show. That's for sure. Out there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's an argument on and that. And we're peaking in this fifth season yeah. and we still have this yeah. sixth season to go. People aren't as good at making long, long, long form television. We've change into this era of one and done's just like college basketball (laughs) yeah 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 that's a good point you're absolutely right i mean it is funny how many people that i've seen in terms of people who write on television shows people who write movies have talked about this show and how in awe they are of uh what they've been able to do from not only a, a filmmaking standpoint but but a writing standpoint as well when you look at this season, the only thing that I could even complain about a little bit was the fact that they kind of slowed Mike down for like an episode or two. But even that, at the grand scheme of things, once you bring them back in, you could forgive the issue for the sake of building what uh, the last back half of the season was. Because once they got going, they ripped a run the second half of the season. But AC, what do you say to the fact that they never explained why Mike hates Australia? <laughs> What incompetent writers would leave a plot line like that dangling? <laughs> Wait a minute, who said that? 
<laughs> I don't remember this. I'm trying to say who said that. He's in the bar and he tells the bartender to rip down the Sydney oh, postcard for no reason. The bar scene. Episode two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The bar scene. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll pay off next season, maybe. <laughs> still out oh, there. Man. Still more time. <laughs> I think the fact that it is the fifth season. And not only that, not only do we have four previous seasons to draw upon, like the Sandpiper stuff, but also have the entirety of Breaking Bad to reference. Mm -hmm. There's just a level of depth that they have that a one-season show could never hope to reach. Yeah. And that's what makes this a perfect 10, is the continuity and the depth. Yeah, I actually think this season lifted the previous seasons in a way, with some stuff hanging off from previous seasons. Yeah, I would say that's true. I think because you needed all those seasons to be that invested in these characters, right? So no matter how slow they were or problematic at times, it's all serving the story. Like sometimes you'll get shows that are more of the complete art of what we're seeing on screen. Yeah. This show is dedicated to the story, and that's what I love about it. It's continued to do what we've kind of seen it from the, from the outset. And I know that like the discussion has always been that, oh, Saul has been, you know, the first two seasons are slow. It's always been the slow cooker show. They've well, just been letting it marinate. Now the, the food's almost done and it, it's pretty good. Well, and to <laughs> your point, it's in service of story, not just plot. Yes. Right. So they can really build up these characters, take them on these journeys take digressions take diversions different paths for them you really get the fully illustrated lives of these characters it's funny to think about because i know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with the whole breaking back comparison and i just have come to the conclusion that a you can't say a show is better than another show when this show has not finished yet right that's like number one by itself also Breaking Bad's final season, you could put up against almost anything. It's the gold standard. It's the yeah, it's like it's <laughs> it's like even I love The Wire. The Wire is my favorite television yes. show ever. Yes. But you cannot say that Breaking Bad's last season is not better than The Wire's last season. Well, and it's not close. All, you can't even say The Wire's last season was good. The so, well, that too. You, you know, the The Wire was as great as series as it was mm -hmm. the funny thing about the wire is it's fundamentally different than breaking bad and that yes. it was much more like the sopranos mm -hmm. every season had a different narrative arc because if you think about the sopranos right it wasn't a single story it was it was the story of a family right, right? And, and also a family right i mean <laughs> well the family Mm -hmm. You were never on like, oh, we're starting here and wait till you see how it ends. Breaking Bad had an, a clear and definitive beginning, middle, end. Yes. And that's why people don't understand. Yeah, people kept don't ramping right. up. Exactly. Exactly. The issue I take with even trying to have the conversation of whether Saul can be better with, than Breaking Bad is that so much of your attachment to Saul is, is predicated on your affection for Breaking Bad. So yes. yeah. how could you fundamentally argue that 
this could be better when so much of your investment comes from loving <laughs> that show. It's like, you can never know. I think anybody projecting that opinion out into the world is suffering from recency bias in a real way. <laughs> right. That's my feeling. This was a perfect season of television. Yeah. Breaking Bad had several of those. Yes. Yes. Yes, it did. I agree. It was three on. This is honestly the first perfect season of Saul. Last season was good. Three was pretty good. Yes. But this was perfect. I think I read a tweet from uh, Jason Concepcion saying he heard great things about this Saul season, but he bailed when Chuck was walking around in the tinfoil pajamas. (laughs) I think a lot of people have even forgotten the first two seasons of this show and how it was kind of a slog. Listen, yeah. I forgot the first two seasons of this show. A lot of it. I had to go back on like certain YouTube clips and like look up certain things. Like I forgot Mike and Hector feuded. I forgot about that. I liked it and I was down to watch it. And it was all because I knew we were going to get to some shit. Like, like I was expecting it to get to this level. Eventually. Took a while to get there. Hoping it would, right? Yeah. I mean, this is what we would hope. We were hoping they would pull off, and they really did. And by the middle of the season, you knew you were experiencing something quite unique. Because they started to tease in more Giancarlo Esposito, Mm -hmm. and they started to get more into the world. But in addition to that, they basically developed their own draft picks here with Lalo and Kim and Nacho. Yes. And all those characters are firing. And then we've also got all of our Breaking Bad characters that are firing. And it's just a friggin' blowout, man. Like, they're just crushing every scene. And you know what else I think helped is that we're out of the law firm. You know, yes, like 100%. We weren't bogged down by all the machinations of being in these law firms. Yeah, all that paperwork stuff. And we're free of Chuck. The Sandpipers? Oh, yeah. And this is, this is nothing against Michael McKeon. I thought he was great in the role. He did his role. He played his part. That's just not as interesting as this. It's just, it just not. That's just the bottom line. All right. So we've got roughly an 11-month timeline until Tuco's out of jail. Mm-hmm. We've got Nacho on the run in Mexico on foot. We've got Lalo on foot also. <laughs> <laughs> Although Lalo has access to a car if he wants it, he could double back. (laughs) But he did walk out. I just, I was like, he didn't get in his hot rod. He just walked out. Yes. Then Kim is going to try to concoct this scheme. Jimmy, I'm sure, will start to get dragged up into some Gus business. Mm -hmm. But Gus is the person that I think is the most interesting because at the end of season four, we were talking about will Gus resume production on the Super Lab and who is he going to bring in to do it? And we didn't touch that at all because he's been so distracted. And so Gus took L's left and right. Schuler is at his wit's end. He needs some cash flow. Don Juan Bolsa is also pissed off because of the cash flow situation. Gus has to start winning big time in season six. Good point. Yeah. Wasn't even thinking in that direction, but you're right. That probably does come back into play, which means we might see Gale. Gale didn't show up at all this season, and they teased him last season. So Gale should come back into play. We should get the Super Lab built. Presumably, they will take Lalo out 
at what point and at what cost remains to be seen. We obviously all think that Nacho is pretty fucked, but I guess it's who's going to get him at this point. Is Lalo going to track him down or is he going to remain Gus's pawn? And then are we going to see Walt and Jesse? Are they going to make an appearance? Is Huel going to become Saul's right-hand man and start showing up every episode? How many of the old characters are going to show up and at what point? And like you mentioned, Jake, are we going to get a time jump? Well, this ending makes it seem like it can't be that significant a time jump. Between the seasons. Yeah. Just because of how we're leaving Lalo. Yeah. And knowing that he's a man of purpose. Yes, he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's something he's going to plan out for a year or two. It may be something similar to season four where there's a time jump in the middle of the season, especially because it's a longer season. I'm going to miss all. It was so good. It was a great run. I had such a fantastic time every week all my friends out in Albuquerque and then I had an even more fantastic time with my friends Jake Hoy and Anthony Canton the third recapping this fantastic show every single week really gonna miss Lalo oh man but at least we have the gifts and we have him returning I yes. mean that's a happy ending and we got more Lalo to come to me that's a happy ending I think I predicted this talk to me Dude, I'm the theory maker. I am the predictor. 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 Yes, you sure does. We get Kim, and we get Lalo, and we get 13 tremendous episodes. That's right. He is the predictor. (laughs) And we will close this loop in 2021. (laughs) Kim Wexler, I love you. But your buddy's worse off when he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. State Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blinking, those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. He'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. You better call Saul. Shopping at the Walmart short, just a couple of beans. There's a George Foreman grill down the back of your blue jeans. They got you at the checkout, the blue lights blink, only one got a call, cause the others all stink. Better call Saul, better call Saul, better call Saul. Your husband disappeared in a most convenient way. Now your troubles are gone, his insurance will surely pay. You get to the bank, but the cops say, whoa, who you gonna die when they lock you down cold? Saul, Saul, you better call Saul, he'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Take it to the man, justice for all.
spread around the gas because it's time to torch the stock. But you gotta move quick before you singe your own hair. Who knew there was a homeless guy sleeping in there? Better call Saul. Better call Saul. Better call Saul. The FBI finds kids trapped in your creepy van. You stay real cool and tell them you're the ice cream man. But all that crying just gave you away. Who you gonna call to skip a prison stay? Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. To fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stay to the man, justice for all. You better call. Call. You best call now.